Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of 2 Kings today. We're going to be looking at chapters 16 and 17. And if you're interested in world history, this is a bit of world history. Uh, And if you're trying to find some practical stuff, uh, it should interest you as well. There's a lot of practical lessons for us and a lot of interesting world history. As we come to uh, chapter 16, we see... um, you know, we're in the, the reign of Ahaz, the bad king of the southern kingdom of Judah. He's reigning in Judah. Uh, verse 1, chapter 16, in the 17th year of Pekah, the, uh, now he's the bad king of the northern kingdom. He's the 18th king there. You talk about Ahaz is is the king uh, in the... Um, southern kingdom of Judah. He's a bad king, okay? And so Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, okay? Southern kingdom. And he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord as his father David had done. So so, uh, so he was a bad king. He did not measure up to David, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He even burnt his son as an offering. This is verse 3. According to the despicable practices of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. And he sacrificed and made offerings on high places and on the hills and under every green tree. I mean, what kind of father sacrifices your own child? You know, so verse 5 then uh, resin. Uh, the king of Syria, okay, now Syria is a little bit north of the northern kingdom of Israel. So, you know, um, and don't get confused with Syria and Assyria. So Assyria is even more north than Syria. And the Assyrians are eventually going to take over everything. So uh, Rezin is the king of Syria, of Syria and Pekah, the son of uh who's this, you know, king in the northern kingdom, they came up to wage war on Jerusalem. So you got Pekah, king of the northern kingdom. He makes a treaty with Syria, all right, King Rezin, 
and they go to attack Jerusalem. And they're trying to probably, uh, um, when you think about it, uh, the Syria was probably um, more powerful than the northern kingdom, and the northern kingdom uh, was looking to, uh, this king is trying to stay in power, so he ends up fighting his own kingdom, you know, so he could try to stay in power, as opposed to calling on God when you're in trouble. He's trying to look for politics to save him. And so they end up waging war in Jerusalem. They besieged it. They besieged Ahaz down there in the southern kingdom, but could not conquer him. And of course, God's probably having a hand in that because Ahaz wasn't a very good king, but God is, the timing for the southern kingdom to fall is not yet. At the time, Rezin, the king of Syria, recovered Eleth for Syria and drove out the men of Judah. Now, the men of Judah is also sort of another translation is Jews. So it's the first time in the Bible that Jews are being you know, referred to collectively in this sense. Verse 7, so Ahaz sent messengers to Tigalath Piser, king of Assyria, all right, so Ahaz, king in the southern kingdom, he leapfrogs the northern kingdom and the Syrians, and he talks to the king of Assyria, and he says, I'm your servant and your son. Come and rescue me from the hand of the king of Syria and from the hand of the king of Israel who are attacking me. Ahaz also took silver and gold. It was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house and sent a present to the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria listened to him and the king of Assyria marched up against Damascus, okay, which is in Syria, and took it, carrying its people captive to Ker, and he killed Rezin. And when, the king of, when King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tycholeth, Pleiser, king of Assyria, he saw the altar that was at Damascus, and King Ahaz sent to Uriah the priest a model of the altar and its pattern, exact in all its details. So you've got the king of Judah, capital city Jerusalem, Ahaz, what a lousy king, the guy that sacrifices his own son, he's now sacrifices his own nation. For a treaty, a polit- political treaty, to allow him to get the upper hand against the northern kingdom and against the Syrians. And he even has a model of this pagan altar sent to be built back in Jerusalem. Or I, I suppose Jerusalem. So they do that. We drop down to verse 17, and King Ahaz cut off the frame. So now he's modifying the temple of the Lord so it won't offend the king of Assyria. So he, we see some references to he cut off the frames from the stands and removed the basin from them, and he took down the sea off the bronze oxen that were made under it 
and put on a stone pedestal and the covered way for the Sabbath that had been built inside the house and the outer entrance for the king he caused to go around the house of the Lord because the king of Assyria. And now the rest of the acts that Ahad did are not written in the book of Chronicles of the king of Judah. It's kind of a rhetorical question. And Ahaz slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers. And Hezekiah, his son, ruled in his place. Now, Hezekiah, I mean, was going to be a good king. But we're not really going to him right now. So, we come to chapter 17. So, now it's like, meanwhile, we're talking about the last king in the northern kingdom, Hoshea. Hoshea was a, another bad king. He's the 19th king in the northern kingdom. All of them were bad. So the 12th year of Ahaz, Hoshea starts to reign in Samaria over Israel. So Samaria now is sort of the new ruling spot. And so this sort of goes back to the disdain that the lower kingdom, the folks in Jerusalem, the southern kingdom, had for the Samaritans because the Samaritans, you know, thought they were better than the Jews because uh, a lot of these Samaritans were, at one point, they were ruling over the southern kingdom. So, um, and he, so this uh, Hoshea reigned nine years, verse 2, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Against him came up Shalmanseer, king of Assyria, and Hoshea became his vassal. In other words, he was a puppet king, and he paid him tribute. He had to pay the Assyrian king tribute once a year. But the king of Assyria found treachery in Hoshea, for he sent messengers to sue in Egypt and offered no tribute to the king of Assyria. So in other words, Hoshea is sort of a servant puppet king. He's supposed to pay tributes to the king of Assyria, but instead of doing that, at some point, he starts talking to the king of Egypt, so now he's maybe going to see if he can get their help so that he doesn't have to worry about paying homage to the king of Assyria anymore. So, therefore, king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison, and then the king of Assyria invaded all the land and came to Samaria, and for three years he besieged it. In the ninth year, this is verse 6 of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, and he carried the Israelites, these are the people in the northern kingdom, away to Assyria. He placed them in Hala on the harbor uh, of the river uh, Gozan and the cities of the uh, Medes. So in other words, we get this reference now to the northern kingdom being busted up and taken into captivity, into exile. And so now we have a bit of um, explanation. Verse 7, And this occurred because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God. A practical lesson for us today, too. Can't sin against the Lord. He tells us how to live. Who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. 
who had blessed them, in other words, from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. And they walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel, and in the customs of the kings of Israel that had practiced. In other words, they did wrong. Verse 9, And the people of Israel did secretly against the Lord their God things that were not right. They built for themselves high places in all their towns from watch tower to fortified city. They set up for themselves pillars uh, and ashram on every hill. I'm not sure what ashram is, but it's a, it's a reference to pagan worship. And under every green tree. In other words, this was a whole system. It was a whole culture change. And made offerings on all the high places. In other words, why go to the temple when you can every high place, every green tree, you got a place you can worship to something pagan. And they made offerings on all the high places as the nations did, whom the Lord carried away before him for them. And they did wicked things, provoking the Lord to anger. And they served idols, of which the Lord said to them, You shall not do this. Yet the Lord warned Israel and Judah by every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes in accordance with all the law that I commanded your fathers that I set to you by my servants, the prophets. In other words, he's telling them it's not too late to turn around. You can turn this around. But they would not listen. But they were stubborn, as their fathers had been, who did not believe the Lord their God. They despised his statues and his covenant that he made with their fathers and their warnings that he gave them. And they went after false idols. What do we chase today? We chase false idols today, too, and became false. So they chased their idols that were false, so they became false. And they followed the nations that were around them concerning whom the Lord had commanded them that they should not do like them. He commands us today too not to be like these pagan practices of other nations. Verse 19, Judah also did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the, but walked in the customs that Israel had introduced. These customs that Israel are introducing are pagan. So Judah didn't do any better. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel and afflicted them and gave them into the hands of plunderers until he had cast them out of his sight. In other words, he cleaned house. Everybody in the northern kingdom is exiled. And of course, the Assyrians, they think they're beating God's people, but God is using the Assyrians to do his will. God is still sovereign. And when he had torn Israel from the house of David, in other words, the Assyrians didn't do it, God is tearing Israel up. They made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king. So, Jeroboam, the, the, Jeroboam was such a bad king, he drove Israel from following the Lord and made them Commit great sin. And so, the people of Israel walked in all the sins that Jeroboam did. They did not. 
depart from them. Remember, Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom. Jeroboam won. Until the Lord removed Israel out of its sight. So, this explanation goes all, it's like all of Israel's history in spiritual decline right here. And then, so Israel was exiled from their own land to Assyria until this day. In other words, they're all, even now, they're people from Israel are had been scattered even to Assyria. They weren't lost, but they were scattered. They were exiled. Now we drop down to verse 29. But every nation still made gods of its own and put them in the shrines of the high places that the Samaritans had made. Every nation in the cities in which they lived. Okay, so Samaritans at this point had been ruling over Israel. And then Samaria then itself gets conquered by Assyria. So now all these people are exiled to Assyria. And so what happens then in the northern kingdom, the Assyrians repopulate the northern kingdom with their own people so that um, you reduce the... um, the likelihood that you're going to have a revolt. Um, So basically, you just dilute out the population. You take the people in the northern kingdom, and you exile them, you scatter them, you spread them around, and then you repopulate the people in that country with your own people so that you don't have an uprising. And that's what happened. And so now, the Samaritan city is sort of like a place now where pagan worship is is being exported all around because you've got the um, you it just blossoms into pagan worship here, and Samaria Samaria becomes a, a really hotbed of this. And so, um, and it's a, these people now are not even Jewish anymore. They're just coming from all over the place, living there. And that's why you get this hodgepodge of different kinds of people as that tracks over to the New Testament. The Jews didn't like the Samaritans to the north because they weren't even Jewish. And at one time, Samaria had been ruling over the southern kingdom. So, we're going to stop here. Powerful lessons in history. Powerful lessons that even in the worst times, we're supposed to trust God. God wants us to trust Him and not politics or not our own devices. So, as always from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time on Monday because, as always, we take a break for the weekend. And, as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean and also for Matali as she's traveling uh, and Audrey with her as well. So, as always, God bless you. We'll see you here next time.